0: I've got some very mixed signals, Nat. I've got the fishiest war of all time. Hello there and Hello. welcome to Date Fight, it's the podcast where we take great moments from history and pitch them against each other. He's Jake Yap,
1: I'm Nat Tapley, it's the 7th of January and we have trawled through the entire library of history to pull out two of the best romance novels of fact, only to compare them to see which is the Barbara Taylor Bradford of
0: truth. No, and, and, and which, which one is the Jeff, Jeff no not Jeff, Jeff Alan Titchmarsh. <laughs> Okay, then.
1: <laughs> you can't get through one episode without mentioning Titchmarsh.
0: No, I can't. Anyways, it hasn't really got anything to do with romantic fiction. It's it's all fact, and it's all history. Very yes. serious.
1: Yeah, yeah. Actually, don't be misled by what we just said. That was all, actually. We're just going to compare historical facts and see who's best.
0: That's a great My distillation of it. Well, yeah, and it's generally nuts. Okay, let's do this. One. Yeah. Let me
1: take you back to the 7th of January, 1976. And the escalation of a war, Jake. Yeah. Yeah?
0: Yeah. Serious war yeah. being escalated. Yeah. So don't, no. you know. All right.
1: It's a war we're talking about where people, well, no one died. There's not. A, no person died. A lot of fish died, though. Mm. A lot of fish died, Jake, in the Icelandic Cod War. And cod wept. Uh, the third Icelandic cod war. You, I, I know you're a big fan of the second Icelandic cod war, as your That's my favourite favorite one, that was, that was yeah, But this yeah, is yeah. the third Icelandic cod war, because ever since the 16th century, when we've been going over to uh, Iceland, Greenland, the North Atlantic to collect loads of cod, there were loads of cod over there. In fact, so many yeah. cod that it'd been worth going even in the 15th and 16th centuries when boats were much much worse. In fact, do you remember Mm. when we talked about when the pilgrims turned up in America and there were no Native Americans in New England because they'd all been killed by a plague brought over by people going to fish for cod in the North Atlantic? We've been doing it since then. Every year, going to collect huge numbers of cod, because there were loads of cod over there, so many that it made it worthwhile just sailing thousands of miles to go and get them. Um, But at some point, the Icelandic people went, you know what, that's not... Okay with us. You have to go somewhere else now. And in 1974, the law of the sea had made an exclusion zone of 200 miles around Iceland, which the British were very upset about, because we liked going there and getting all our fish from there because there were loads more (laughs) than there were in the North Sea. So we had the Third Icelandic Cod War, in which the Icelandic people tried to cut the nets of our trawlers, and our trawlers kept barging them, and the Royal Navy got involved. And on the 7th of January, 1976, HMS Andromeda collided with the Thor in the most severe incident of the Third Icelandic Cod War. Crikey. A Royal Naval frigate collided with an Icelandic gunboat within the 200-mile exclusion zone. The Royal Navy, at the time, was looking for some sort of war to get involved with, because Chancellor Dennis Healey was at the time planning to cut the Navy, so a cod war was nice and handy for them, despite the fact that we lost it, and we ended up having to agree to stay outside the 200-mile exclusion zone, which led to the decimation of Britain's fisheries! Because it wasn't other people being allowed to fish in our waters, like we'd like to blame on the EU, it was actually the fact that we lost the big stocks of North Atlantic cod, which had access to up until the late 1970s. Wow.
0: There was oh, that also, awful...
1: Yeah, go on. Sorry. It had another huge effect, and I know this will particularly be, has affected your life, in that um, the lack of North Atlantic cod led to the development of the Savaloy.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Without which, if it worked with the Third Atlantic Cod War, we wouldn't have the Savaloy.
0: That is fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I had never thought of that. I, well, I'd I never imagined that. That's that's where the Savaloy came from.
1: That was where. The, well, we can't have any cod anymore. What else can we make? I don't know something that'll survive in a fryer without bursting.
0: Saveloys, there, make it
1: completely out of condoms. Please.
0: <laughs> Would you like the virgin saveloy? <laughs> I mean, that that cod war was because I, 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 mean, I don't quite remember it. It's a little bit. I was a little bit too young, but uh, there was a lot of hmm. anxiety because um, the British government drafted uh mothers didn't they to to go and fight in that uh and that gave rise to the phrase <laughs> mum's gone to, mums to Iceland. Iceland yes
1: mm.
0: um sadly very few mums came home from Iceland no no just just lost the will to live or the emporium yeah. of frozen tears really? as I like to think of it but they do do <laughs> extremely good vegan stuff now <laughs> do they they really do well done, them
1: We'll have to go and hunt for vegan things off their waters. Vegan Savoy, please. Vegan Savloy,
0: oh my word. That's the non-latex version.
1: <laughs> vegan food manufacturers, please spend your time on something other than the vegan Savloy.
0: <laughs> well, I'm going to take you to the 7th of January, 1954. Oh. To New York hmm. and the head office of IBM. Oh. And uh, this was a public demonstration of... A computer-based translation system It was the first ever one That there ever was uh, This was developed by Georgetown University and IBM mm-hmm. And uh, the, they did this experiment Where they fed into a computer I think they had like a hole punch Probably and had to go Clack clack, it, <laughs> clack it, clack, it, <laughs> clack it Just to make like an R yeah. They had The computer was tasked with uh, Automatically translating More than 60 Russian sentences Into English Oh So it was Romanized Russian, so it it wasn't backwards R's. They didn't have to do that. It was all done in in the 26 letters of the normal British alphabet. Thank you. (laughs) Classic. Alphabet classic. You're right. I'm sorry, mate. English. English alphabet. And there there was a huge range of topics, political, legal, mathematical, scientific. And uh, the resulting English translations appeared on a printer. So uh, it was phrases like... We transmit thoughts by means of speech. And did it get them right? It got them right. Uh, It did really well. And there's sentences like, international understanding constitutes an important factor in decision of political questions. Ooh. Yeah.
1: Is there a sense in which having to translate something from Russian to russian English to Mm. punch card Mm -hmm. into machine code is less efficient than just getting a Russian person to read
0: it and tell us what it says? (laughs) It's the 50s, mate. You can't go talking to Russians. You're out of your mind. I've got four
1: rooms full of machinery to do what one human brain yeah. can do in seconds.
0: The computer, which was about the size of a man sitting on a stool inside a cardboard box... <laughs> <laughs> ...was uh, publicised by journalists and perceived as a huge success. And mm. uh, there, was a, there was a huge government surge of investment into computational linguistics. And yeah. uh, the people who made it um, said, uh, number one, ignore that coughing coming from inside the computer. <laughs> and two, he's got a cold. And two, uh, within three to five years, uh, machine-based computer translation will be a solved problem. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course it wasn't not at no. all, and there was a massive tail off of investment and uh, it didn't didn't go well but it and is it, now y- well exactly here's the thing i i i i took the original sentences mm that they did with the ibm experiment and i translated them into russian on google translate yeah. and then i translated them back and they did an Ooh. annoyingly passable and banal job of it oh. which is really annoying oh. because i thought oh, there would be some funny translations so <laughs>
1: yeah that's some lovely gibberish so yeah to show how stupid computers are and how clever yeah. we yeah
0: so here we are three years into the future from 1954 enjoy yeah google translate even does a very good job Of translating leave means leave (laughs) from English to Russian and back.
1: It does it perfectly, does
0: it? It does. It's interesting. It's
1: almost like that message has been filtered through Russian
0: several times
1: before. Very good. To Katie Couric, the anchor of CBS Evening News, whom CNN President Rhys Schoenfeld once banned from the air because of her squeaky high-pitched voice. Happy birthday, too, to Nicholas Cage, who built a pyramid-shaped grave for himself in 2010. He also once bought a haunted house so he could write a horror novel in it. I didn't get too far with the novel, he said. (laughs) (laughs) What? Happy birthday, too, to Thomas of Woodstock, who was one of the crazy uncles of Richard II, whom we talked about yesterday. In fact, he was the craziest of Richard II's crazy uncles and burst into his room in the middle of the night when when Richard II was a young boy, only to to shout at him, because that's the kind of crazy guy he was. Happy birthday, Thomas of Woodstock, you crazy un Happy, Happy death day to Inez de Castro, who is the lover of <laughs> Prince Pedro of Portugal. But Prince Pedro of Portugal's father, Alfonso IV, didn't approve, and he banished her and ordered her death. Um, Pedro, however, found the people who assassinated her and ripped their hearts out in front of a crowd saying they had ripped his heart out when they killed her Wow Yeah He did not mess about, Prince Pedro nothing more
0: fun than a metaphor made real
1: Yeah (laughs) Did someone want to explain to him Actually, no, that's not literal, that's just Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, Oh, well, this is embarrassing It is, it is It is
0: raining cats and dogs
1: (laughs) Happy Death Day to St. Lucian of Antioch The Presbyter of Antioch Who died at sea and whose body was returned to land By a kindly dolphin
0: Wow, I didn't see that flipper Also, happy Death
1: Day to Annie May Hayes The first American woman to achieve the rank of Brigadier General She died in 2018 Happy Death Day, Annie May Hayes
0: OK, let's go back to the 7th of January, 1904, and Ooh. the establishment of an international distress signal. Ooh. Three letters, yeah. which are, of course... S-O-S. C-Q-D. Oh, mother... <laughs> no, <laughs> <laughs> not that. Uh, C-Q-D, uh, they decided... Oh, which stands for... Which, well... Of course... It's, it stands... Come quickly, darling. That's good. Well, there were there were a lot of popular beliefs about what it did mean. Uh come quickly, darling wasn't one of them, but come quick danger. Okay. Come quickly, distress. Or my favorite, come quick, drowning. <laughs> Just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, these we say ages in Morse, but yeah. those are what are known as backronyms. Oh. Those, those, those are not what it stood for. So, uh, CQ mm. uh, would be pronounced in French "CQ" uh-huh. from the French word "sécurité." Ouais. So, uh, in the world of telegraphs, yeah. uh, that would always mean this is a sort of a general. A general bulletin kind of important thing that everyone should pay attention to. And D stood for distress. Ah. So CQD Mm. was... uh, Because D was also used internationally to indicate an urgent message. So CQD, come on, guys, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it does. All stations, distress.
1: Much more than save our souls. That's rubbish.
0: Well, save our souls is another acronym
1: oh man
0: yeah so at the second international radio telegraphic convention held in berlin in 1906 and which by all accounts was wild (laughs) they decided three dots three dashes three dots should be the international distress signal yeah and that was just it's just easy to remember it wasn't Uh. to actually stand for sos because it actually stands for SOS or IWB or VZE or 3B or V7. But SOS is just easier to remember. Mm. And so two years after this uh, 1904 idea, in 1906, uh, they decided, no, actually we're going to go with three dots, three dashes, three dots. Mm. And then eight years later, on April the 15th, 1912, uh, the RMS Titanic's radio operator, Jack Phillips, initially sent CQD which was still commonly in use by British ships. But well, he was just saying, come quickly, dolphins. Come quickly, darling. <laughs> dolphins, his was, well, let's
1: return all these bodies to shore very quickly.
0: Harold Bride, who was the junior radio operator, said, maybe, maybe, maybe we should do SOS as well. Uh, and <laughs> sort of half-joking, said, well, oh, it might be your last chance to use this new code. Oh, dear. And, that went very dark very quickly. And, yeah, Bride survived the sinking, but Phillips did not. So, oh, so he t- he got to tell the story, did he? So, ironically, no. yes, Bride... Bride who suggested SOS survived, so you can learn a lot from that. So Save Our Souls was just an acronym that Mm. people made up, and Save Our Ship, other people thought it stood for, Uh, which is a bit like Mayday, the international uh, vocal version of SOS, you say Mayday, which is from... The French Mayday. Yes. Oh, it is. Because, apparently... Mm. At the time when these were both formalised, the international language yes was French. Of yes. Well,
1: quite rightly, because as we know, excuse, the me? Normans, that excuse our, me, that was our language. The Normans gave it to us. That's our language, really, mate. We gave it to them. Yes, we gave it to them. Or sank. You m- you right. may use you may use the language that we use. You may. We said. You, you may day. May day. British British holiday. <laughs> Thank you for that. That's lovely. I, I almost you. feel ashamed to take you to the 7th of January 1999 and to lower the tone somewhat to begin talking about the impeachment of one William Jefferson Clinton. Yes. <laughs> Listen to the excitement in your voice. Go on. How are you going to get around this on sort a of family podcast? What was he impeached for, Nat? What was he impeached for? Well. well dash, 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 dot, dot, dot dash, dash, dash. <laughs> you might ask that, Jake. And I will tell you that the articles of impeachment brought against him were. One, lying under oath and obstruction of justice. And two, witness tampering and abuse of power. And nothing else is relevant to be mentioned in this context.
0: Absolutely right. I don't think it would be appropriate to do so.
1: No. He had a Senate trial which had videotaped closed-door depositions. Um, And in the closing argument, the prosecution said, A failure to convict will make the statement that lying under oath, while unpleasant and to be avoided, not all that serious... We've reduced lying under oath to a breach of etiquette, but only if you were the president. And now, let us all take our place in history on the side of honour and, oh yes, let right be done. They didn't, however, let right be done. They let him off, so he didn't get convicted.
0: I didn't really follow all of that. I don't mean what you said. I mean the actual original impeachment thing. And I should have done. You know, I was old enough, but I was like, oh.
1: No, I, I did. it was a very busy time, 1999.
0: <laughs> there
1: was lots going on. Prince. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Spice Girls were falling out of favour. Oh, hoarding food for the millennium. Yeah, we were all preparing for the millennium. Yeah. You know, Wild West was out at the cinema. There was all sorts
0: going on. <laughs> <laughs> I, Will Smith had a wonderful millennium, didn't he? He did. He had a great time I wish I'd had a millennium like Will, Will Smith's. Yes,
1: I think we all wish that we'd had a
0: millennium like Will Smith's. I mean, what a like Oh, I think I'll make a movie. Oh, it went to number one. Oh, I think I'll make an album. Oh, it went to number one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wow, okay. What a nice time you're having. Hmm. Yeah, I wish him all the best. I wish him every success. Uh, we'll be back for another date fight tomorrow, though. In the meantime, if you could yes, we will. subscribe to us so that we're kind of a um, permanent part of your life. You don't, we know, you don't have to listen every day, but yes. it's great if we're on your phone. No. Every couple of days, just check in. Just check in, see if we're all right. You know, it's sort of like putting food yeah. out for a stray cat. That's how you should see it. Yeah, yeah, hedgehog. Yeah, yeah. Imagine
1: the milk will give us osteoporosis.
0: <laughs> yeah. Don't pick us up because we have got fleas. We'll be back tomorrow. <laughs> Take care. I'm killed into a ball as we speak. Bye. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, very enjoyable.